Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flavor of the Week, brought to you by Banditos, fresh, made daily. In Flavor of the Week, Kyle sits down with one of our local priests over four different episodes to sample variations of a favorite food or drink while they discuss the ins and outs of life as a priest. Welcome back to Flavor of the Week. I'm Kyle Hyman here with Father David Violi. Hello. This is part four of our conversation. If you missed any of the past ones, definitely go back and get caught up. But we are going to be talking a little bit about your studies of canon law. Mm-hmm. But before we get into it, you the saved eclair. the chocolate eclair mm-hmm. for last. I think it's just a staple. All right, we'll go in. This is a Boston cream filling or something like that. Is that you bought it? it. Oh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I would assume so. Yes, uh, it's yes. like a yellowish filling. Yeah. Almost like a pudding. Almost. Yeah. Filling. Yeah. Definitely heavier than last week. Uh huh. But I mean, I expected that because yeah. it's an eclair. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Father David, you are. How far into your studies of canon law? The yeah, bishop asked me when I came here if I would, I would be able to do the studies for canon law, and you know, said I, I think I could. I you know, you cover canon law in the seminary, but I'm moving towards now what's called a licentiate or a degree in canon law, uh-huh. um, and so I've been here just over a year and a half now. Due to the way the program works, I started my studies last summer. And so in the summer, June and July, I'm actually in Washington, D.C. for the whole summer. At oh, Cal- wow. Yeah, I'm at Catholic University. Every summer? Every summer. Yeah. Wow. So I'm there studying for two months. And then during the year, I'm in classes online. Um, so, yeah, so um, I'm in this first year then. So I've okay. done my first summer. It's a four-summer program in three years. Wow. I've done the first summer. I'm now in my first year online. And then I'll have two more years online after this. And uh, three more summers. And so far, I've passed everything. So hopefully. <laughs> so in the licentiate, that's what Father Spencer St. Louis is finishing up? Yes. Or is that and something he's different? He's doing his in a different discipline, though. Okay. The degree Father Jake Runyon and Father Mark Gertner both have. And Father Mark is moving towards his doctorate. Okay. But the licentiate is kind of the, I wouldn't say the Roman equivalent of a master's. It's a, it's oh, a little okay. different system than that, okay. but that would be our, our American so that's understanding. a more generic term, and then you could have specific yep, specialties. So you, would, you would have a field. field. So okay. I, I believe Father Spencer's is dogma. It's either maybe liturgy or I think it's dogma, though. Okay. Because I believe Father Royce was morals, and then mine okay. will be in canon law. Okay. So... What is canon law, maybe for most of us that aren't that familiar with it? We only, we, we have, hear th- we only have 15 minutes. No. <laughs> <laughs> we hear that thrown around every once in a while, like yeah. canon lawyer or according to canon law that says this and this and this. Yeah. But Well, so we have civil law, of uh-huh. course, that governs our daily lives. You know, I, I can't go out and said I want to be a race car driver. I can't go out, go 80 down the road here. Right. Canon law is church law. And so it governs church life. And mm-hmm. so... Um, there's a like a structuring we uh, you had mentioned earlier about parish boundaries. A parish boundary is an actual structure in canon law that a church has a specific territory assigned to it, and the pastor then has a responsibility for every soul in that territory. Big responsibility. Yeah, quite, especially if it's a whole county. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's part of the beauty of it then is we see that there is an ordering and a structuring even in the administrative life of the church. Mm-hmm. But it's there for the salvation of souls, just like everything in the church. 
And so um, canon law really are the, this is just kind of the laws governing church life. They deal with a whole variety of things. So uh, a priest is an incarnated in his diocese. That means he's a member of his diocese because you're united to your bishop. You're mm-hmm. united to the presbyterate and you will serve in that diocese then. If a priest uh, is in another territory for a certain amount of time, he first gains what we call quasi-domicile and then eventually domicile. He can incarnate in that new diocese or he can request it if mm-hmm. both his bishop and the bishop of that diocese agrees. And that's governed how that's done by church law. Okay. Because you know, if he's serving in a new diocese and you know, he's taking up a ministry there, you know, in a sense, he should be unified with the people there. You know, because he's working with them now. And so there's ways to look in that. The one thing with uh, what I'm studying is it is Roman church law. Mm -hmm. And so it applies to all Roman Catholics, but to our Eastern Catholic brothers and sisters, they have their own set of canon laws as well. Okay. And so, like, I'll take a course in that, um, but the the Roman law applies to those in the Roman church. Mm -hmm. And so it it covers everything from sacraments, from the different forms of sacraments, to time. How do we count time in the church? So that's important. If someone is going through an annulment process, there's a certain amount of time that you have to give the person when you send out the the initial letter, like, would you be willing to participate this to the other party? You have to do what you can to find that person, and then you have to give them a time to respond. And so what that time is, is dictated in, in church law. Okay. And so, you know, like I said, it, it covers that wide ranging from everything from sacraments to, you know, just the basic administrative structures necessary for any large grouping. But the very center and focus of it, though, still remains Christ. And everything in, in law is to aid in the salvation of souls. So what's the practicality of having you study that versus just when the question arises, mm-hmm. let's look it up in the book? You know, there's 1,752 canons okay. and so different laws. And then, you know, that themselves, you know, break out into very specific topics and subject areas. So having a licentiate in canon law helps to give you a, a full spectrum understanding of that. And then I imagine I'll be serving most likely in the tribunal as okay. well. And so a, a lot of uh, annulment cases, I mentioned mm-hmm. our canon lawyers, Father Jake, uh, up in the tribunals, their judicial vicar, Father Mark before him, with the other judges there, they serve in that, that capacity to the faithful to be able to help and aid in these cases and move them through the church process because mm-hmm. now they have that understanding, you know, that becomes a focus for them. And I know it's very different from civil law, but mm-hmm. there's also canon lawyers who actually, it sounds like in talking with Bishop mm-hmm. a couple of different times with different situations, they would kind of act like a, a civil lawyer where you'd be assigned to a person who is undergoing some kind of case. Yes. And so, yep. it would help defend your side of mm-hmm the accusation or whatever might be happening. As I said, you know, it it governs all church processes, including the judicial process. You know, it's one of the beautiful things in canon law is we all have rights as members of the church. Hmm. You know, the faithful have the rights to the sacraments. I said, it it all is that beautiful connection. And so a a church lawyer might be involved in that. If, if some issue comes up, if there's a, an issue of church property or something like that, that's where the, the canon lawyer would come in to aid you know, that whole process. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't taken <laughs> temporal goods yet, so I'm not too okay. certain on it. But, you know, it would be things like that where they um, they help to guard and protect the rights of the individuals and of the whole church. And this wouldn't necessarily be to take the place of a civil lawyer. No, it the doesn't The church might at all. still have lawyers that they yes. hire to 
work on contracts or yeah. well, or and that's an important distinction. Is civil law and canon law are two separate things. Um, even the systems that we're based on are separate. One of the priests that I'm studying with right now in Washington, he was a civil lawyer and a judge uh, in the military. And but, for many years, okay. and I, I asked him, I said, so how is this compared to uh, yeah. you know, civil law? And he goes, oh, it's completely different. Right. <laughs> he had served, I believe, uh, in Afghanistan for a bit with the military. And he said it's much more similar to what he saw in that type of law system because they're more based on the French system or uh, the Romans. I, I don't remember huh. the specifics on it, but it's a little different than our American laws. So they're separate. You know, the same way the church has civil attorneys as well to deal with matters regarding the state because we work together and we try to cooperate in those different matters that arise. And mm-hmm. So we have a the church law that governs the general church process, but then we have civil law because the church exists you know, in society to help us govern the church in that way. So there are also, I believe, non-priests, so laity yes. that are canon, canon lawyers, lawyers. Yep. as well. Yep. So it's not only for the priesthood. Yes, and that's the program I'm in consists of priests, religious, and laymen and women. Okay. And so it's it's a whole variety of people coming from whole different areas. Some uh, One woman who was, I was studying with this summer, she worked for her diocese in the tribunal, and they offered to you know help her, if she was interested, uh, earn a licentiate. And so she was. And so she's there. She's there for a shorter program now, full-time. But she'll then go back to her diocese and um, work with that degree now. So on a scale of one being, this is work, and I'm just doing it because <laughs> Bishop asked me to do it, but I, I think it's a good thing, to 10 being, I love this stuff and mm-hmm. I, I enjoy learning and this is super fun for me to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Where do you find yourself? Bit of both. <laughs> okay. Well, so because, five. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do enjoy it. I was talking to someone. I'm my lecture. I was listening to is on juridic persons, and <laughs> yeah, that sounds that so exciting, right? Yeah, and I enjoyed. Juridic I enjoyed listening persons. to it. Yeah, like is you know a juridic person is kind of like a corporation. Okay. Like we have a corporation is a legal entity. You know, each church is a, you know, has a juridic person. You know, okay. it exists in church law. Okay. And that's something I I find interesting. Uh-huh. In the same ways in like in the seminary. It, I enjoyed our canon law classes. Uh-huh. At the same time, you know, the bishop asked me to do it. Yeah. And so, you know, that's part of the beauty of priesthood is he saw a need for our diocese and he's asked if I could aid in that need. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I've always told him, I'll, of course, you know, whatever is that need, that's part of my life yeah. is to aid in that discernment he has made mm-hmm. for the, the good of our whole church and yeah. to do what I can to aid him in that. When he asked me, you know, even if I didn't want to do it, it's of course a yes, uh-huh. but the good thing is I do have a you know a natural draw to it, and I do enjoy it. Yeah, I said the four things I wanted to be. Yeah, kind of touched on all of them. I was a biologist. Uh-huh. I'm a priest. I'm studying to be a church lawyer, uh-huh. and depending on how I drive, I could be a race car driver. <laughs> God works in in all of that. Yeah. So, jumping back to the first part of flavor of the week, you talked about the priests that were at your Catholic school Mm -hmm. and parishes having a big influence on you? And was there anything that stands out in your mind as something that they routinely did or said that had a particular impact on you and maybe has had an impact on the way that you see your priesthood or the way that you... Mm. You know, it's actually, it's a very simple answer. They smiled. Hmm. I said they were happy. There was a joy in their lives and that joy was visible. Yeah. And so, you know, seeing them often, you know, made it normal and their joy 
made it desirable. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I, please God, I, I hope I can do that in my ministry. You know, and one of the main ways is just simply by being present. You know, we're, we're fathers, we're mm-hmm. present to our people and we're there in their lives. Uh, just the other week, I had a baptism and I went straight from the baptism. Uh, they were going for a party. I was going to join them from the party, but first I had to go give last rites. Oh. And so I went from the joy of, of welcoming new life to go to help prepare someone to enter into eternal life mm-hmm. and then back again to celebrating that new life. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to the, the parents afterwards. They knew that I was running, you know, to do last rites first and then I would join them. And well, how was it? I said, it was just like the baptism, it was joyous. Mm-hmm. The beauty to be able to come into someone's life at any point and to be Christ to them. That's that's a privilege and an honor. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's such a a beautiful thing that at any point in that life, you know, when we are called, it's not me, it's Christ. Yeah. They're not coming to see me. They're coming because they need Jesus with them in that moment. And so just to be able to do that should fill us with joy, no matter what the situation. And we mourn, we cry, we weep, we laugh, mm-hmm. we rejoice. All of it, just like anyone. But you know, there's a certain beauty to it with how frequent we're called into these various circumstances, and to know that it's nothing that we do, right? But it's Jesus, you know. And that's what I saw in my priest as they were joyous. Yeah. Well, and hopefully all of us can live that joy yeah, too, not exactly. just our priests, but no. in our families, in our vocations, and our jobs, our school, whatever we're doing, to have that joy. And and it's certainly been a joy being with you. Yes. So thank you. For thank you for. Out. Joining me for Flavor of the Week. Yes. Thank uh, you we for have the to, different treats. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you give the, the chocolate eclair here? Are, are you going to stray from <laughs> your perfect record? I am, actually. Mm. I am. We're going to go with an 11. Oh, man. <laughs> I built it up over four weeks. I okay. have to. I have to. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Father David. Thank Yoli, you, Kyle. This has been a lot of fun. Stop by Bluffton. Check out St. Joseph Parish. Yes. This is- You're always welcome to St. Joseph's. All right. Thank you, Father David. <laughs>